0: Take a few moments this morning. Going to take the theme, prepare him room. And it's interesting, Tim, at the very outset this morning, as the worship team started to lead us, you know, in in worship and concentrating our hearts and minds on God, that was one of the things that Tim said, Let's prepare ourselves, let's prepare our hearts, let's give him room. And we began to adore and and welcome him, welcome him. So it's interesting that he, he led that way this morning. And that's the theme that I want to take over the next few moments. But before we do, I've forgotten my glasses, I've left them in my study, so I can't see a thing that I want to read. So I'd like if somebody, not to lend me your glasses, but if somebody would read, I'm going to ask someone to read um, Luke chapter 2. So if you've got a Bible, please turn with me to Luke 2. I'm going to bring you the microphone, and if someone would read Luke 2, verses 1 to 7. These are very well-known verses, and... um, turn in your bible or on your phone or on your tablet
1: the birth of Jesus Christ Luke 2 1 to 7 in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered this was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria and all went to be registered each to his own town and Joseph also went up from Galilee and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn.
0: Thank you so much, that's, that's great, thank you. Thank you for that, I appreciate that. So, there was no room for him in the inn, and so he was placed in a manger. Um, interestingly, in the, um, the revised version of the NIV, the translation for "in" is similar to um, guest room. It's very interesting. Tradition has, 2,000 years of, of, of Christian tradition has this translation of "in," like an innkeeper. But it, probably, probably, the, the fuller translation is that there was, it's guest room. That's probably closer to the actual translation. And in the Eastern household, you would have had, in the East, hospitality is a huge thing. And even a modest household would have a a room within a room that would be for guests. And uh, so it it looks as if, because there wasn't room at the guest room of a particular house that the family would have gone to, there was no room at that place that Jesus was then placed in the other room of the, where the main family would have um, resided. And in the bigger room, you would keep your ox. You know, My, my, my wife, we've, we've got a, a cavapoo in our family. And our cavapoo used to sleep on the floor in the corner uh, of the bedroom. That, that was the idea. Then it slept on the bottom of the bed. She sleeps on the bottom. And now sleeps between me and Helen. <laughs> And sometimes climbs over the other side of Helen and tries to actually get under the covers. So, it, But it's interesting. In the Eastern culture, you would have had your, your main room, and then there was a part of the room which was where, um, sort of down the end, the other end of the room, where you would keep your ox your or your. Or a couple of sheep, or whatever it was that you had, it's really interesting. And it was, and it was in that, not the guest room. And this is, you, you can check this out for yourself. What I'm saying isn't. I hope I've exploded your myth about inns and and stuff like that. But but that's probably closer to the, the the truth of it. And it was in that room. And so they and they took Jesus and placed him in a feeding trough, a manger, is a feeding trough. That's exactly what a manger is. Not quite the sanitised version that we see. Um, in in our nativity place of today, so there was no, and anyway, so there was no room. There was there was no room in the in the in in that particular room in the inn in that particular room, and um, the guest room, and so he was placed um, in a feeding trough. And um, the the thought is this. Could it be that there's sometimes in our lives, in our very busy lives of today, particularly now, you're probably living a very hectic lifestyle, preparing for Christmas, work, your workload is, you've got to clear your workload over the Christmas period because there's a shutdown. Uh, Or uh, if if you're in education it's off the scale. If, you, if you're in, the, in the, working in the medical world, it's off the scale. Every, everybody's so incredibly busy. If you're in retail, it's off the scale with work. And and, and it's so busy and there's so much going on. Could it be... A de- it, I, I would suggest to you that there's a danger that at times there's little room for Jesus in our lives. There is a danger. And um, that's what I want to just take a... Th- have a little look on this morning, just for a moment or two, is preparing, making room for God, making room for Jesus, preparing him room within our hearts and in our lives. And it's interesting, I love, I love the hymn that Isaac Watts wrote, Joy to the World. Isaac Watts wrote this a beautiful hymn, joy to the world, the Lord is come, let earth receive her king, let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. Let every heart prepare Him room. That hymn was initially written not to be used at Christmas. Actual fact, it's a, it's a, it's about the second coming, the coming again of Jesus, but it lends itself with the wording that it traditionally has been used as a to sing at Christmas time. But it's quite incredible when he when he writes there, let every heart prepare Him room, because I think Isaac Watts was impressed. By the fact that those 2000, over 2,000 years ago, there was no room at the guest room. And there's, there's something of a picture there for you and I. Is there room in the busyness of our lives? And I'm, I'm speaking to maybe you're a Christian, and maybe you, you've come to church because you're seeking. But in the busyness of our lives, and in the chaos of, of it all, and, and all that's going on, could it be that there's an opportunity just to... Reflect. Take a moment to pause and reflect, and make room. And maybe that's what I'm hoping that we can maybe do for a few moments this morning. You know, Advent, the period of Advent in the Christian calendar, Advent is this is over four weeks, and it starts at the beginning of December, leading up to Christmas Day. And um, the idea of Advent is a journey of expectation and anticipation of the celebration of the, the, ad, the coming of Christ, the, the birth, the advent, the com- and, and also looking forward to the second advent, the, the coming again of Jesus, the living Jesus. We, the baby born and grew as a man, died and rose again, and went to the Father and said, I will come back again. And uh, advent is that journey period it's, um, it's an expectation of the coming king, the prince of peace, getting prepared, expecting. And there's something, and, and in, at Easter, we have the period of Lent. It's another ancient journey. At Christmas, we have the period of Advent. Some of these um, traditions, some, some ancient traditions are good. Some of them are, are really good and reflective journeys of getting yourself geared up, focused, ready, Acclimatized, tuned, uh, refocused, on fire again, and so at Easter you have the period of Lent to reflect and do that. At Christmas, Advent—it's a bit of a forgotten. For some of us, it can be a forgotten art, but and, and so you can have an Advent reading plan and a, a verse each day that, that helps you reflect and get your heart ready. And it's quite it, its a—it's a, it's an amazing thing to to practice Advent and and the and get getting our hearts. Read in. And so we're in that period of Advent. And so I want to use the next, just the next few moments for us to maybe look at preparing in room just for the next moment or two. So three ways. So I want to just share, um, there are many ways that we can help prepare our hearts. But I'm just going to share just what I picked up three that were upon my heart for us this morning. So three simple things that we can do to prepare in room. Now, the first thing is this, make him Lord of all. The first thing in preparing, reflecting, getting our hearts ready, opening up our hearts, giving a space, giving space to God, in our lives, um, and it's this: is that we can make Him Lord of all. Make Jesus Lord. Make Jesus the very Lord of your life, my life, all about of our our, our entire lives. It, interesting. In, in Romans chapter ten, verse nine. Romans 10, verse 9, is an ancient declaration of making Jesus Lord. And it reads like this. You, you, You can turn to it if you want to, you don't have to. But Romans 10, verse 9, it reads If you declare, Paul wrote these words, if you declare in a letter to a group of Roman Christians, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and there's the right, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Beautiful, amazing, incredible words. Write them down. Let them be written on your heart. Don't just write them down, but let them be written on your heart. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Jesus, declare Jesus is Lord. Jesus is my Lord, more importantly. It's one thing to declare Jesus as Lord, but another thing to declare Jesus as Lord you know, my Lord. And we'll look at that in a moment. But at the time that this was written, over 2000, about 2000 years ago, sort of um, probably 30 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus, 25 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus, AD, AD, AD 55, 65, something like that, possibly. Uh, yeah, about that time. Romans Romans would have been written. Um, Interestingly, at the time, on, 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 on a Roman coin, you, you may have heard this, you may know this, there were uh, the words inscribed uh, Caesar curios? Caesar is Lord, on a Roman coin. Caesar is Lord. Caesar is master of all. The, the emperor or the monarch of the Roman Empire had claim to everything and everyone and the then known world. That's what it meant. And it was stamped. Isn't it interesting when Jesus talks about rending to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. He, he's an incredible, um, wise um, son of God. That he, that he, but, so on, each, on the coin was the emperor is Lord. And early Christians had a huge problem with that because we, they, we were called, we, and we are called, and we were called, that Jesus has claim to all. He's the Lord. He's the master. He's the God of all. And so this is more, this declaration, Jesus is Lord. And I talk about making him Lord. Um, it's more than believing that there is a Lord. It's more than believing that, yeah, Jesus, you're, you're God, you're Lord. You know, God, you're God. If the Holy Spirit, you are. It's more, it's, but it's, it's believing that Jesus is Lord, but also knowing and accepting that he's My Lord, he has claim over you and me. And it's one thing to believe that there's a God and it's another thing that he's my God for you and I this morning. And um, that's where we put our faith and we repent, turn from our lives and say, forgive me for living for myself. I now wanna give my life to you, God. And I give my life, Jesus, that you might come and have my heart and my life. And it, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting because in James chapter 2, verse 19, J- we've been looking at James as a church for some, for some months. And James says this, he writes that you believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that there's a God and shudder. So it's more than, so, so the demons believe that there's a God, but they don't trust him. He's not their God. They shudder because of their impending doom. But they believe that there's God. And this is what James was saying. You can believe that there's a God. Even demons do that. But is he yours? Are you his? And this morning, that is the, the, the call or the claim upon your life and, and my life, that God is God of all. You've, you've heard, I've heard the saying, and you've, you've maybe heard the saying, um, he, if, if, he's, if he's not Lord of all, he's not Lord at all. It's an, old, it's an old, old uh, sort of phrase that, is, that can be you know, fired out there and you'll hear people say it again and again and again. But take it to heart. If, if God isn't God, then he's not God. If he's not God of your life, he's not God. And if he's not Lord of every aspect, then he's not Lord at all. Confess that Jesus is Lord. And so this is what I'm saying today. Make him Lord of all. <clears throat> And I'm going to ask you the question, is Jesus the Lord of all in your life? That's, not, no, that's no business of mine. What, what, what you're, all, all I'm called to do is, is put that, that question out there and encourage us and encourage myself. But I, I want to ask you the question for you to think this morning, is he really Lord of all in your life? Do, do we need to make room for him today? in your work, in your job, in your marriage, in your habits, your lifestyle, your finance, your attitudes? Does he have every room of our lives? Or is there a room that you keep locked? People used to have, in uh, days gone by, the good room the good room was the room that was locked. Nobody was allowed in because it was, had to be kept good. <laughs> Only if somebody came for that. It was going, this, is, this is going, not in my lifetime, <laughs> hasten to add, but going back, you know, maybe, you know, 80, 80, 90 years ago, something like that. But it was kept under lock and key because you didn't go in there because you want to keep it good. Bit of a shame, really. couldn't go in it and enjoy it that much. But, but every room, God wants it. There's no there's there a closet that's locked. Where there's a skeleton in that cupboard. God wants access to all, Lord of all. Now, this is easier said than done sometimes, I would say. Because it can be hard to do at times. Because we're a bit of a seeing is believing, flesh and blood, material, Material, we live in that material world, don't we? And, 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 so, and so with God, whom we might say, well, I can't see. Uh, the spirit realm, uh, the Holy Spirit, um, it, it, initially it, it can prove a bit of a challenge. Uh, seeing is sort of believing. We live in a material um, consumer type world. You know, you and I go to work. Um, we 've we've, we've got our energy we 've got our own understanding you 've built a career you 've gone and studied you 've done it as it were you go to work and you earn money and when you get that money you you go out and you buy stuff and things and you have stuff and you walk around and, and, you, and you look at life and we look at life and, we, and, and generally it's human beings have made all this, and so it can almost be a little bit difficult to say lord god where it, and, and you might say, well, I, I'm a Christian, I, 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 you know, I, how dare you say that about me? But we can fall into the trap of the material, of what you see is what you get, almost. And um, that there is a danger that, uh, that, that we fall into that trap. We, we, we just sort of go to a default. You can have a default on, on your, in your heart and life where you go back to certain ways and traits. And, and that's why sometimes we do need to come and stop Take stock. Take a moment. That's what Advent's about. Advent is about taking a moment to say, are you really, Lord? Have I, have I let slip? Has this gone adrift in my life? Um, have, have, I, have I fallen for the... Have I, have, I, have I let things go in my heart and life? Have I, have I drifted? And, and it's that opportunity to stop, to look, to listen, to be intentional, to get off the treadmill for a moment and... Um, and say, Lord, are you there? Am I here? Open my heart. You know, we know and read that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Everything is the universe. God gives us the gift of intelligence and ability so that you can work, you can do these, this is, these are amazing gifts, and all that around us that is created, the earth, this universe, the, the oxygen, the, the water, the plants, the animals, the human beings. We're, we're the creation of God, which he releases us to live our lives and to live, a, and to live the potential beautiful life. Um, <clears throat> I love uh, the verse in Psalm 46, verse 10, which says, Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46, verse 10. I speak about it a lot because it's had a resounding impression on my life. But be still and know that I am God. In the message, reads like this. Forgive me, but I've read this many times in our church. Step out of the traffic. This is the message, which is a paraphrase of Psalm 46, be still. And I love it. Step out of the traffic. Take a long, loving look at me, your high God, above politics, above everything. Stop. Look. Used to be the Green Cross code, didn't it? Stop. Look. Listen. Whatever it was, I don't remember. But stop. Look. Listen. Take a moment. Get out of the traffic. You know, go for a walk. Get out there. Uh, look. Look to God. Look. Look to God. Take. Take that. When you do that, when you're intentional, that's how you begin to appreciate, to see, and get to a place where you can start to make Jesus Lord. We probably all need to do that. In the world and age in which we live, I found that something that's been in, on my heart to make him, to put that, get, that, get to that place where I make him space and give God place. Second thing that I want to say is this. <clears throat> we need to give him, we need to make him a first thought, not an afterthought. So we need to make him Lord. And there's that process of, the, it might be the first time giving of our lives and then that coming back and giving ourselves again and again. And the second thing is, is to make him a first thought, not an afterthought. <clears throat> what I mean by that is, it's this, you know, you know, again, we can run life, the pace of life and all that goes on. We can find ourselves, if we're not careful, I've planned to do this. I've got to go that, do that. You know, I'm going to go here and do there. I'm going to go for that job. And, uh, and then it can be, oh Lord, and as I'm doing that, will you bless that? Will you bless me? Will you help me? And um, unbeknown to us, and you love God, you love him with your heart, we find ourselves almost like rubber stamping the, what I've decided I'm going to be doing, rather than having God at the very beginning of that process of our hearts and lives. You know, is this the right thing? Is this the way I give you my life? You know, I'm in a difficult situation in my job at the moment. I need you, rather than knee-jerk reaction and doing so. So there's that aspect of, if we're going to give him space and make room and prepare our hearts, there needs to be Lord. There's that coming to him. And the second thing I would say is we need to make him a first thought, not an afterthought and there's a couple of things that, there's a number of things that we can do that can help us do that and it's this really start the day be and again it's intentionality but it's start the day at some point start the day aligning your heart for me yep for me it's that early first thing in the morning shower as soon as i go into the shower i find myself just being thankful to god it's, it's a habit I've got into. And I, I confess, it's a habit. It's a habit that I've got into of just saying, thank you, God. Thank you for today. Thank you for my life. Thank you for my family. Thank you for your goodness. And I start to just, for me, it's just moments and it's something that I do. And I've trained myself and I continually do. Not because I'm good or anything like that, but I've formed a good habit. I think it's a good habit. And um, I'm not saying that's what you've got to do when you have your shower or you have your bath. This is what you have to do. But find, start the day. That's whatever's the best for you. At whatever point for you, start the day. by, And what it does, by, by being intentionally aware of God, intentionally coming before God, it, it, it makes him a first thought rather than an afterthought. It's remarkable. It won't make you perfect, but it starts aligning your heart with the heart and will of God. And it's a beautiful thing to do, and, it, it, and it, it can only be moments. Start your so align your heart. Second, second, so start the day. So, and you, there, are, there are different ways you can do that. Uh, second thing I'd say, three things out of this making him a first thought: deal with the distractions of life. Again, an intentional thing for you and I. We will need, need to deal with the distractions. I am quite sure this morning. That as we sit together here in this large auditorium together, many of us are distracted by lots of stuff. I am. I get distracted by stuff. Things. Things that must be done. Things that I like doing. Things that must be done that I don't like doing, maybe. Maybe. But we can get distracted. Here, there, lots. There's a lot of there's a lot of voices calling out to us today. There's a lot of things that are drawing us today, uh, enticing us. There's lots of opportunities to do as much as you like today. And, And great for opportunity. I'm not against opportunity. Far from it. But what I would say is that in life, there are now many distractions. The thing is, I've talked about this at great length, which I'm not going to do this morning, but distractions can lead you to drift. They, they lead us to drift. And if you drift, you find yourself a long way out at shore, a long way from Jesus. And so I would plead and say, use this opportunity of Advent for some of us to deal with your distraction. That's not me telling you what to do. That's just an encouragement that each one of us has stuff and you will know what that distraction is. I can guarantee right now, I will not have to say, that's a distraction in your life. There will be things that are drawing you, calling you, that are taking up your time, that are taking you away. And I'm not, yeah, enough said on that. Deal with the distractions. Third thing, so start the day, uh, line your heart, deal with distractions. That's only you can do. Third thing is, Declutter your life. Declutter your life. You know, the rooms of my heart can be very crowded. Whatever has your heart. And there can be many things, many things. And not all those things are wrong. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not, you know. But we live in an age, you've only got to come and have a look at my loft. Please don't come over and have a look at my loft. (laughs) Helen is saying to me all the time, we've got to clear out our loft. Now our garage. Can't get a car in my garage. Never get a car in our garage. It's not fit for a car. It's got everything else in it. Um, stuff. So I'm talking about my own life. But, but that, that, that can be a metaphor for what's in your heart. Sometimes the clutter. We have a lot of stuff today. And, I'm not, and it's not wrong to buy things. and what, That's your business, not my business. But that can sometimes be emotional, time-consuming, personalities, objects, stuff can pull our hearts. So it's, Advent is a time to look and declutter. I don't know about you, <clears throat> but when we do declutter our garage, we do it in the summer and take everything out. People, people on Pennyfields penny probably think we're having a garage sale. We take everything out and lay it on the drive or stuff to put stuff back in again. <laughs> bit tidier. And I'm a little bit of a chuck it, chuck it, throw it away. Don't need that. Throw it away. Uh, Helen, Helen might say, well, we might need that later. But, you know, when we declutter, there's a strong pull, isn't there? Not to let go. There's a pull of stuff. So make room. Make room. So start the day. Third, and final point is this. And God bless you for being so patient. Final thing is this. Third thing is this. So make him the first thought. There's a few few ways of doing that. And the final thing is and, and, and this, um, that God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, they, they reach, he reaches out to us to enable us to reach out to others. <clears throat> God reaches out to you and I through his son Jesus God reached out and reaches out to us today through his son who is living. But it's, it's, we think at Christmas, the, the coming of Jesus. And God reached out to the world through his son. Peace on earth and goodwill to all mankind. And, it, and it's through his, his beautiful, the prince of peace, the king of kings, the lord of lords. He reached, and, he, and he reached out to us through his son so that we are enabled to reach out to others. What we receive we are to give away. And uh, this is so important um, if we are to know, the pre- preparing ourselves for the flow of God in your life and in your heart. I meet mean, lots of Christians say, I want the Holy Spirit to flow in me. Well, what's in your life has to be given away. And you find that it starts a flow. It's quite remarkable. It's quite remarkable. <clears throat> and Jesus said, love God with all our heart, mind, soul and strength. You know, love God with everything and then love your neighbour as yourself. When asked what the greatest command was, it love God with everything. And then this, your neighbour is yourself. And it's interesting, that's the, that's the, that's the same idea. It, um, it, it's it's a, our, our heavenly relationship has to have an earthly relationship, an earthly flow. The heavenly flow, God's love into our hearts and through our lives, through Jesus the Son, is released into those around us, our neighbour. It's an earthly throw a flow. And so um, if, if, if we don't, aren't you know, loving and reaching out, then you find that, that it stops the flow. And this is what Jesus was saying. And this is what I'm saying. Make, he reaches out to you to enable you and I to reach out to others. And now last week, when I was speaking a little bit about um, peace on earth, I quoted an amazing man, Francis of Assisi. And he said this, make me a channel of peace. His prayer to God was make me a channel of peace. In other words, let me be a flow. What you've enabled me with your love, now I want to go and love others. The love of God in me enables me to love others. That being born again, the heaven forgiveness, heaven love, heaven hope, born again hope, born again love, born again forgiveness, being born by the spirit, that is divine. That is to be released to those around me and around you. And so, again, it's another intentional thing It's to be intentional about this, and that's to give an opportunity in our daily lives for the Holy Spirit to flow through us. And one of the things in studying James, and I come back to James again because it's been a very profound book for us as a church to look at over these last months, is that I have been challenged afresh looking at the book of James to look for opportunities to allow God to flow through my life. When I have to confess with the hustle and bustle of life, i just get on with it rather than... But now, rather than getting on with it, I'm trying to say, "Oh, I could help that person today rather than just zip along by. And I've been really challenged to be intentional about letting God flow through me, even if it's, how are you doing today? A hand on somebody's shoulder, thinking of you. So rather than let it go by or that person go by or that situation go by... I've been challenged to reach out at some point each day, somehow, in some way, even in simple little things with just a smile and a thank you. But it's reaching out and not letting that go by, not letting the opportunity go by. But if we don't look for the opportunity, we won't see the opportunity. So it's been intentional for the love that God has given us to give that away to somebody else. <clears throat> Prepare him room. Prepare Jesus' room to flow. The Holy Spirit will flow. What's in me will flow to others. It's quite remarkable. And if everyone is doing that, if we're all doing that, it becomes an amazing flow of the Spirit. You have a renewal if we're all doing that. It's quite remarkable. It's amazing. i finish with this. David Wilkinson. David Wilkinson was a great man of God. He wrote a book called The Cross... I think, did he write it or did Nikki Cruz write it? One of them, Nikki Cruz. Did Nikki Cruz write the book, Cross and Switchblade? But David Wilkinson appears in it. Well, David Wilkinson, he was the pastor of Times Square Church, gone to be with the Lord now. But in the 1950s, as a young evangelist, he, he as a very young man, um, he went into uh, the area of Brooklyn, where the gangland area, where the police wouldn't go, to share the love of God with gang members. And a man called Nikki Cruz, who, who would have cut people to pieces. He was a nasty character. Has a, finds this man, um, David Wilkinson, and uh, David Wilkinson speaks to him, gives shoes away to people. And also, uh, he becomes a Christian, Nicky Cruz, and it's another story of his life. But David Wilkinson said this, love is not only something you feel, it's something you do. I took a long time in getting there. But it's an amazing quote. Love is not only something you feel, it's something we do. Isn't that amazing? And because of David Wilkinson, we have Nicky Cruz and many, many other gang members. It's, it's, it's Cross the Switchblade, remarkable story. So old, it's so new, it's amazing. Have a read of it. But David Wilkinson. And so there's something about, he reaches you and I so that we can reach out to others. David Wilkinson reached out and he was beaten up. Nicky Cruz beat David Wilkinson up initially. I think at one when they took the offering at one of the meetings, the gang, the gang members went to take it away. I think they brought it back eventually because he was so generous and decent and loving and full of God, was, was David Wilkinson, that people were touched by love, which they were never touched by love before. You and I are called to flow in God. So let's prepare him room. Shall we? The worship team are going to come back as we, we're going to just sing in conclusion together. But this morning, let's make him Lord of all. This morning, let's make him a first thought, not an afterthought. And this morning, let's reach out. If we've been reached by the love of God, let's reach out to others and prepare ourselves so that the Holy Spirit can flow. And we will make him a space and prepare him room. Thank you, let's pray together. Yeah, we can do that in a minute. Father God, we say thank you for your goodness, your mercy, your kindness. We're amazed at how good you are. And at this time, this Advent period, this time of expectation, of anticipating the love of Jesus, the birth, you reaching into this world, the giving of your son, uh, that wonderful gift of life through your son Jesus, who grew as a man and who knew, destined to be sacrificed his life for our lives that when he went to the grave, he rose again and said, if you trust and believe in me, you too will rise from the dead. We say thank you this morning, Lord. And so we prepare, we give you room. We wanna make space for you in our hearts and lives and in our neighbourhoods, in our homes, in our church, in this community, in our town, in our nation, Father, we pray. Ultimately, what you do within us can change a nation. And so, Lord, we come to you this morning, giving you our hearts afresh. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Maybe you're here this morning, while our eyes are closed, you may be here this morning and it's for the very first time, you know, believing that there's a God is one thing, but believing that he's my God, that's another thing. Believing that there's a Lord is one thing, believing he's my Lord is another thing. And for you this morning, it's you want to give your life to him. Perhaps it might be that I've lived my life my way, done my thing without considering God. That's called sin. And the Bible calls us to turn from our living our way and live God's way and live for God. That's called repent. And to turn and say, "I forgive me for living for me. I want to now live for you, I repent. And I trust my life to you and the sacrifice of your son Jesus that you might come and live in my heart. And that might be you this morning. And so this morning, will you, in your heart and mind, just as so we just reflect, just for a moment or two, say, forgive me, God. for living for me without you. I repent, do an about turn, and say, I don't wanna just live for myself, but I wanna live for you, forgive me. I thank you for your son Jesus, who pays the price to fill the gap between us, to bridge the gap to life with the giving of his own life that I might have life. Fill my heart, I pray. Maybe this morning as a Christian, there are many distractions, a lot of clutter in our hearts, things that have caused us to drift, or pull us away. And it might be a case of this morning to say, forgive me God for the many things in my heart other than you. I bring you my life. I bring you my heart. Holy Spirit, Fill me afresh. Help me declutter. Help me make you my first thought. I make you Lord of all. Come and be Lord of all. Lord of my marriage. Lord of my job. Lord of my home. Lord of my heart. Lord of my emotions. Lord of my life. Lord of my family, children. Come and be Lord, Master, God, Lord of all. In your name we pray. Amen. (coughs) Amen. God bless you. Let's stand together. Make him Lord of all. We're going to bring our tithes and our offerings as we stand. You know, uh, we're so thankful that people give. Materially to the life of our church helps us function in our community and not as a church in the community. God bless you for doing that. And the uh, offering basket's going to be coming round. I know people give electronically as well, so through standing orders we thank you for that. And uh, if you're here for the first time, you can let that basket go by. It's fine. Uh, as we continue to worship Him, let's make Him Lord of all.